citizen, the training, chapter 23. Tramel Del Monte Staples Wilson was born at sunrise on Easter Sunday, April 10, 1966. At the time, Vera had graduated high school and lived at home with Granny and Moody. They were at a party when Vera's water broke. Granny and Moody had planned to be home by 11 to be ready for Easter service the next day, but rushed home to take Vera to the hospital. In the wee hours of the morning, Vera's doctor induced labor to speed up delivery to make it to church himself. The end result was little Tramel was brought into this world first thing Easter Sunday morning. Twenty-seven years later, Tracy didn't want to spend Easter in Chattanooga. He had just moved, didn't know anyone, and Todd came to the rescue. He reminded Tracy that Darrell lived in Atlanta, which was a short hop down I-75. Tracy met Darrell during the frequent college disco trips to Chapel Hill from NC State. Darrell was involved with the church as much as Tracy, and came with Sabrina to Vera's funeral, where he led a prayer with Tracy's friends. Darrell was a short, round fellow with a tight fade. He was bouncy, used conversational scripture, and continually lived in the future. After Tracy settled into his new apartment, he contacted Darrell, who was pleasantly surprised to hear from his old friend. "'Where are you going on Palm Sunday?' Darrell asked. "'I hadn't planned on going anywhere,' Tracy answered. "'Come down to Atlanta,' Darrell offered. "'There are some exciting midnight services I want to go to, and I think you'd like them. You can stay with me.' Tracy accepted, and on Saturday morning he drove to Atlanta to attend several services. The first was a vigil that started at eleven. There were several speakers, and it was well past midnight when they got there. Next, Darrell and Tracy went to a hotel with a service in a conference room. When Darrell opened the large door, the preacher looked past the crowd directly at Tracy. He was in the middle of his sermon, and because the congregation faced him, no one else saw Tracy and Darrell come in. They walked quietly to the side of the room to find a seat, but the preacher followed Tracy with his eyes. No one knows me in Atlanta, Tracy thought, half asking, to see what he might say. Tracy was sure they hadn't met, but the preacher looked familiar, which may have been because he looked like Moody with a bald head. Then Tracy wondered if he should remember the preacher from the picture book, but he didn't. "'You,' the preacher said suddenly, looking at Tracy. By this time Tracy and Darrell were halfway up the wall aisle. "'You,' the preacher said again, and he pointed. Tracy and Darrell scrunched down, but a seat couldn't be found. "'You hear me talking to you?' the preacher demanded. The Lord's got something to say to you. He must be talking to you, Darrell, Tracy whispered. 
Don't nobody know me here in Atlanta. The preacher got louder and stated with thunderous authority. You hear me, the preacher said. You just moved down from the north. Oh, Darrell confirmed. He's talking to you, Tracy. Tracy jumped up like a jack-in-the-box and stared right back at the preacher. Didn't you just move down from the north? The preacher asked. Yes, sir, Tracy said. The congregation turned to look at Tracy, which made a synchronized sound. The Lord's got a word for you, the preacher stated. Exclamations came from the crowd, but not because the preacher interrupted his sermon. He had a word from God for the stranger, and everyone wanted to know what it was. As a matter of fact, the preacher said, he has several of them, and they're to let you know he's got your back. The congregation became in awe and offered Darrell a seat. Tracy remained standing along the side wall, and the preacher turned into a prophet. He walked back and forth across his platform and reported what he heard. This will cover those dark periods you don't want to go through in the book, the preacher said. It wasn't exactly a surprise to Tracy the preacher knew of his picture book or had seen it, but it seemed odd he knew to speak of it in front of the congregation. This will cover those dark pages, he clarified, so they don't catch you off guard. Then the preacher settled into himself. To Tracy, everyone except himself and the preacher disappeared into the room, almost like the great cloud of witnesses in the highest. In the same way, this world's group watched, but they weren't involved. Number one, the preacher said, You're not going to have this job very long. Even now, they are considering laying you off even though they just hired you. But don't be afraid. You are not to go back yet. Then the preacher's eyes grew large at an unexpected thing, and he repeated what he heard. I see lots and lots of monies coming in and through your hands for the kingdom of God, and how you come about to this money, many, will say you are not a Christian, but you hold on. This is the persecution that comes with the hundredfold return. Tracy was startled because what the preacher said came from the same scripture when Lynn saved Freddy from Mark 10.30, only now it referred to him. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. Then Tracy sensed the preacher saw his picture book again. The preacher was pained. When he came back to himself, he looked at Tracy with a warning. Now don't go jumping into anything fast. God is telling me this is going to take time. Don't be surprised if it takes ten years. And the preacher came out of the gloom and smiled. This is going to get you through the book's dark pages you don't want to go through. 
but I have not seen that many lots of monies, and that's gonna be at the end. Then the preacher was caught again, came back, and looked at Tracy in the present. I see you work with robots, the preacher asked. Do you work with robots? Yes, sir, I do, Tracy said. Then that's not what God has for you. That's just a layover to get you to your destiny. You're going to be an entrepreneur, and God is telling me to tell you this. Whatever you have, or whatever he gives you, or whatever you invent as an entrepreneur, whatever price you put on it, people will pay it. And the preacher looked at Tracy and laughed, and nodded his head in agreement. <laughs> yes, God told me to tell you, whatever price you put on it, people will pay it. And the preacher became serious. He told me to tell you this because of the turmoil you're going to go through. This will make it worth it, because it won't seem like it while you're going through it. But you hold on, because God is with you. He's telling me to tell you, if you don't stop or quit. And the preacher had to take a breath and exhale from relief. In the end, he'll make that turmoil like it never happened. And he paused. And I'm not talking about heaven, Tracy, the preacher clarified. Tracy looked at the preacher like the rest of the room, and the congregation murmured. Everyone knew the two had never met, and that the preacher had no earthly way to know Tracy's name. But the preacher remained unfazed, because his word was the only thing of importance. I'm talking about the latter end of your life, the preacher said. You make it through these ten years or so, and God will make you live in your dreams. You won't be able to stop him blessing you, because he'll know that you know why he is doing it. It may not make any sense, but you are on assignment. The congregation of witnesses stirred. As the preacher continued to speak, he told Tracy to give the preacher one of the two $100 bills in his pocket. Tracy had never sewed $100 into anyone's ministry, but he had never told Tracy to do this before either. So Tracy put his hand in his pocket to separate one bill from the other. Then he took the folded bill out and held it in his hand unseen. I don't know what that assignment is, just so you know, the preacher said. Then the bald, moody man preacher jumped off the platform with his microphone. He pointed at Tracy and stepped toward him, so Tracy came up the sidewall to meet him in front of the congregation. And just so you'll know, a prophet of the Lord has spoken to you within seven days. The Lord is going to give you a gift only He can give you. The two met in front of the platform. As he finished, 
The preacher laid hands on Tracy. And that gift will confirm everything, and your whole family shall be saved by what you do. The preacher's hands made Tracy feel a weight that made him buckle at the knees, and then Tracy felt peace. Once the preacher released Tracy, he stood up straight, shook the preacher's hand, and slipped him the hundred-dollar bill without anyone knowing. Then Tracy went back to sit with Darrell, and the preacher returned to his platform to finish his sermon. This time Tracy was offered a seat next to Darrell, but Tracy knew what just happened was the reason he was in Atlanta. The preacher's word was why they came, so they didn't need to stay. After a few more minutes, they left before the service ended. The two managed to get to Darrell's apartment before the sun came up, and after a short nap, they went to Gladys Knight's place for chicken and waffles. Hello everyone, Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again. So, Daryl said, that was quite something earlier. It really was. Tracy said. What do you want to do for Easter? And Daryl was excited. Whatever we do, Tracy decided. It won't be here in Atlanta. Daryl laughed. You scared? Nope, Tracy said obstinately. But God doesn't need my help doing whatever he's doing, so I'm staying away from Atlanta. Daryl looked at Tracy and tried to read him. Look, if he's going to do this in seven days, he can do it somewhere else other than Atlanta, Tracy decided. So, find somewhere else for us to go for Easter. Okay, Daryl said. I will. After brunch, Tracy drove back to Chattanooga and wrote down everything the prophet said. Then he read it several times. Tracy was intrigued he wasn't supposed to have the job in Chattanooga for long, so he prayed. I know you opened up this door, Tracy said. So, if you close this one, you are bound by your word to open up another. By midweek, Darrell's plan for Easter was to visit his family. Because Darrell didn't have a car... Tracy drove back to Atlanta to pick Darrell up. Then they had lunch before they drove to Charlotte, North Carolina. Darrell checked in with Tracy on the way. Did you receive your gift yet? Darrell asked. Not yet, Tracy replied. Well, this is the sixth day. He's got one more. I know. That night... They played cards with Daryl's family, and they went to bed early to attend a sunrise service. On Easter Sunday, there was an overcast sky that was sure to rain. 
Tracy went with Darrell's family to a large brick church. The congregation wore grand Easter bonnets that were the course in Charlotte, although there were also dress jeans and pressed shirts without ties. The sermon was The Power of Speaking in Tongues. It was delivered by a tall, slender, sharply dressed black pastor. "'Have you received the Holy Ghost?' the preacher eventually asked. "'Now, sure, many of you will say yes. You received the Holy Ghost when you were saved, and, more importantly, the Holy Ghost received you. But since you've been saved, do you demonstrate His presence with the evidence of speaking in tongues?' The congregation agreed with amens and yes, lords. Sure, the preacher said. You all have fire insurance. Once you're saved, you're saved. But are you truly baptized by the Holy Spirit? Do you speak His language, the one prescribed by God, first made evident in the upper room with Jesus and His disciples, before they were sent out into the world to preach His gospel? As he continued, Tracy was taken back to the little Pentecostal church in Rand, where he went with Aunt Z. But he was only twelve when he knelt at the altar, couldn't get up, and babbled for more than an hour. Tracy wondered if he really understood it, or if there was more. As soon as Tracy asked, he was reminded of Zechariah 4, 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit, the preacher stated. It's like riding a bike. You can get on that bike, or you can get off any time you want. If you want to ride with the Holy Spirit, he's there for you. Amen. And if you get off and go it alone, that's fine. That bike is just sitting there waiting for you whenever you want to get back on. It's your will that allows the Holy Spirit to speak through you or not. The bike analogy was a revelation for Tracy. It was so easy. And he thought of Freddy and his running cousins and how they loved riding their bikes as kids. The preacher ended his sermon with an altar call. Before he finished asking, Tracy stood in front of the preacher face to face. Tracy didn't know how he got there. He stood alone, and the preacher blinked at seeing Tracy suddenly appear before him. The preacher finished his sentence, and more souls came to the altar. Everyone received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Afterward, the large group was led to a room with the pastor. Assistant ministers took the group who had previously received the Holy Spirit, and, after a group prayer, Tracy left. When Tracy emerged from the church, his eyes were fully opened. It was the most beautiful day he had ever seen. Every color was more vibrant, the way a colorblind person would see beyond black and white. The Carolina spring was the same, but the pigments danced because they were so much more numerous. Above, clouds puffed like cotton balls and marshmallows, 
but rather than gray, they glittered a silver Tracy could almost hear. Reds were all shades of ruby, blues were shallow clear to deep sapphire, and greens were a gamut of emerald to cream pastel. Next, a fabric of rain wove the colors together. A tight silver sheen covered the earth that the Lord hath made, the way it looked before corruption, and Tracy was stopped. He stood on the steps of the church in awe, and knew his eyes were permanently opened. Tracy also understood that he would always see the world this way, and that was his gift. This day that the Lord made was what would get Tracy through the oncoming days of darkness. Then Tracy wondered if the morning he was experiencing was anything like the one when he was born, and Tracy immediately heard him over his shoulder. This is the morning, he said. Happy Easter, Tracy, and happy new birth in the spirit. And with those words, Tracy recognized he had ammo and that his training had begun. Just as Jesus was baptized and driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, Tracy was now equipped with the very same. He would be able to face his demons. He also knew that when he came out at the other end, Tracy understood he would stand against the devil and win, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. Be sure to search for Dual Citizen, The Connection. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.